Welcome to Content with Character, the weekly podcast that'll give you the momentum you need to create content with more ease, clarity, and laughter. I'm your host, content copywriter Emily Aborn, and I'm all about unconventional marketing approaches. I believe in your big ideas, and I'm excited to help you share them in a way that's distinctly you. One of the ways that we can learn to drag our feet a little bit less when we find ourselves procrastinating is to become aware of what our most common procrastination style is in the first place and what's behind us not taking action. In this episode, we're gonna explore the six different types of procrastination so we can break some of those unhelpful patterns when it comes to procrastinating in our own business. Hi, welcome back to part two of the procrastination topic on the Content with Character podcast. Last week in part one of this episode, we started the, we opened up the conversation of procrastination and the costs therein. And in this week's episode, we're going to take a look at what type of procrastinator we tend to be what our procrastination flavor is, our style, and how knowing your procrastination style can actually help you to overcome procrastination when it threatens to slow you down. If you did not listen to last week's episode, it's truly no worries. I label these part one and part two, but they're pretty much good to go as standalone episodes. If you do want to go back and listen, don't let me stop you. Because if this episode title piqued your interest, piqued your curiosity, chances are you're already pretty good at stopping yourself. Uh, Real quick about me, I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a content copywriter, podcast host, as you can hear by the sound of my voice of this podcast, as well as the She Built This podcast. As a copywriter, I help small businesses to increase their visibility and connect with potential clients through personality-filled and SEO-researched copy. You can learn more about me, get in on all my fun facts at emilyaborn.com. And I also, in the show notes, have included a link to places you can connect with me on social media, as well as a link to like some more extensive show notes. I always try to, when it's applicable, create really extensive show notes for you to go hand in hand with these episodes. So we're just going to get straight to it. We're not going to procrastinate. We're going to get right into the six different types of procrastination. So the procrastination styles and the six, I'm sure that you can find these said in different ways. You can find five, you can find four, you can find three. Uh, We're actually going to get into six and we're going to get into the detailed perfectionist, the dream chaser, the chronic avoider, the crisis maker, the rebel without a cause and the busy bee. And I'm just going to kick us off by getting into the perfectionists. When it comes to procrastination, perfectionism uh, goes beyond like what you might find on these standard examples and ideas of perfectionism. I say this because that's kind of what happens with me. I'm not a perfectionist, but I do tend towards this style when I'm procrastinating. So when I'm delaying on tasks, this is kind of where I get hung up. What does perfectionistic procrastination look like? It looks like not starting a task until you know that you can do every single detail or handle every single piece of it and get it perfect. Sometimes it might look like the 
like you needing to do something from start to finish. It might be that the mood, the vibe, the moment, it needs to be exactly perfect. The setting you're working in needs to be exactly perfect. Or you sit there and you keep on working and working and working on something, making it quote unquote perfect and not sending it. My friend Lindsay Dreyer said this quote the other day. This is for all of us who get stuck in the perfectionistic procrastination. She says, uh, a boss taught her once that if it's a 7 out of 10, ship it. (laughs) And I love that reminder. If it's a 7 out of 10, ship it. I can fall into this sometimes, like I said, when it comes to making sure my workspace is right or my routine or my schedule, Uh, even how I've structured my actual day. Sometimes I get very stuck in it needing to be exactly perfect. When I clean my house, just ask my my, my poor husband, I often circle around procrastinating and essentially like I set up my cleaning operation just so with all the parts and pieces I need, all the podcasts I need to be listening to while doing it. And uh, then I try to get my husband to make himself scarce so that because because I like it just can't start until everything is exactly perfect. Like I make sure I have all the pieces in place. I do this with clients too in getting started on their projects. I need all the pieces in place before I get started writing a single sentence in many, many, many cases. I also procrastinate a lot with making decisions because I like to wait until my husband and I have thoroughly talked it through. I've asked all my friends if I needed outside opinions. I want a little time to get more cash into my bank account. I need to, you know, check in with my body, check in with my little, uh, my little period app and see if I'm going to be feeling okay on that day. So, This one for sure can be my MO. And I say that I am not a perfectionist. I mean, I'm realizing that now I may have perfectionistic tendencies in some ways, but I'm not even a perfectionist. So this is one that can get in your way, even if you wouldn't say you are a perfectionist. Now, there is hope. There is hope for us. Instead of letting our obsession with the details and all these small things take up our time, we can start by beginning getting really clear about the purpose of the task at hand. I also find that in addition to being extremely clear about what my purpose is in this given task, that giving a time limit or assigning a specific time block to do the task helps immensely. It gives you that definitive start time, time that you are going to fully focus on that task, not get distracted, and hopefully finish within a, within a reasonable amount of time. You can also get outside people to help you. Spell out exactly what it is you need to get started and tell them, I need these pieces by XYZ or announce to your family that from A time to Z time, I will be cleaning the house. I will be head down working on a project. I cannot be interrupted. Um, Another good technique for this is to start by hashing out these big ideas, these outlines, the, the high level structure doing that in one sitting, but not worrying about getting the details plus the big picture in the same sitting. Um, With clients, that might be uh, making a work block so that you start with this high level idea generation. Then you make a work block for getting their stuff organized. Then you make a work block for jotting a messy rough draft. Then you make a work block for that final product. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of a strategy session I did with somebody uh, last month as an example of this high-level idea generation. We sat down and we did an entire month's worth of content, 31 days of content in a single session. How did we do it? This is how we did it. We put aside the perfectionist 
tendency. And we decided we did not need to get every single sentence exactly so, not just so. What we were doing was we were doing a first pass. We were getting really good ideas down, basic structure of the posts, and just making sure that we got those on the page. Now, the result of that, that time block was extremely productive and efficient. And the result is that now she just needs to probably spend about half an hour more going through, whipping it up into perfection. But the work block was spent getting as much as possible in a somewhat messy form to start. So think about creating work blocks like that, like maybe compartmentalizing the work blocks a little bit more can help you move out of that perfectionistic uh, procrastination. Okay, let's move on to the second style, the dreamer or the dream chasing procrastinator. Uh, This person likes to make plans, but they neglect the details of how to actually achieve or accomplish the plans. Here's an example. Maybe you get an idea for a new offering or you decide you're going to start being really, really consistent with your email newsletter or that you're going to sell this workshop, right? You dream so big, you add the big dreams to your to-do list, but you forget to actually think about the individual steps in getting it done. So what happens is it moves down that to-do list moves down the next day's to-do list, day after day after day, and very little to no progress is made on that big dream. You have really great ideas and thoughts, but the details get fuzzy and derail you, and then you procrastinate on executing those great ideas and those great thoughts. Here's a tip if you find yourself dream chasing as your procrastination style. I want you to get really honest with yourself about whether or not this dream of yours is something you really want and ground that in a super solid why. Once you're clear, yes, this is for me. Yes, this is a go. Uh, I have a really good why behind it. Take time right away. Don't just add it to your to-do list. Take time right away to break down that big task into the small steps that go into accomplishing it. Now, I did this when starting this podcast, Content with Character. I had all but forgotten how to launch a podcast. You know, I was four and a half years into my She Built This podcast. I was rusty. I needed a refresher. But I knew that this podcast was a 100% yes. It was a dream, a big dream, a big idea, and I wanted to start. So I grounded myself in a really super solid why. Why am I doing this? Because I can get derailed as a dreamer too by just losing my motivation, losing my idea, you know? So I made a list of all the items I had to get done to launch the podcast. This was minute things from selecting intro music, recording myself talking over the intro music, all the initial episodes I wanted to plan and record, getting a launch team by my side, creating cover art, the mini steps list went on and on. And honestly, looking at it at first, I was like, oh my God, that is so overwhelming. But here's what I did. Every single day, I committed to just doing one little thing, like one very small thing to move me closer to the goal of launching this podcast. These were minuscule. One day, I said, I'm just going to listen to intro music. I'm not even going to choose my intro music. Next day, I'm going to listen and pick out maybe five that I like. Next day, maybe I narrow that list down to two. Then next day, all I'm doing is reaching out to a graphic designer to see about cover art. It was just micro, micro, micro daily steps. And you can do this with anything you need to do. A workshop you're presenting, a new offering, an opt-in, a lead magnet you want to create, 
When you're looking at your whole overall marketing slash social media strategy, you can do the same exact thing. You can break it down into micro steps, parts, and pieces, because that's how you take those big dreams and make them a reality. It really is. There is nothing else to it. Well, there's a little more to it, but okay. The other thing I love about this is giving yourself those quick wins on a daily basis. You, A, get to check something off your list, which is lovely, and B, you get to watch as your dream starts to materialize before your eyes. You also had a documented, you have like documentation of your journey. So when it happens, you get to look back and be like, whoa, that was not easy. And I still did it. All right, let's move into the third type of procrastination. The third procrastination style is the chronically avoiding style, the chronic avoider. Some people also call this the self-saboteur or the worrier. Now, there are various reasons you might completely put off a task if this is your specific procrastination flavor. Uh, I'll give you three. You might not want to do the task because it might be not fun. It might be very uninteresting. You might talk yourself out of doing the task because your inner voice is telling that you suck. You're worthless. You're not good enough. Why bother? You, that's like the self-saboteur style. Uh, maybe you fear judgment on the other side or some other unknown that's going to come with the task. That's kind of like that worrying, right? So you have the chronic avoider who doesn't want to do it because it's not fun. Uh, you have the inner voice, which is that self-saboteur and the warrior. And these are all kind of like compiled into one. It's lovely. Now, in researching for this type, I realized uh, I do this too when I have a client's, let's say like I'm sending them that initial proposal or I send them like a, I call it a tone check. It's a way to like check in with their voice and the direction we're going. I, he I hesitate, I procrastinate because I fear this, uh, you know, worrying in my mind. I fear this rejection or let down on the other side. So I might procrastinate just a little bit. Now, I don't go nuts in doing that. And I have some systems in place, like I use schedule send a lot kind of helps my anxiety a little bit. <laughs> um, but here's what I do when I'm procrastinating. I will check my email first because that's easy. You can reply to people. That's safe, right? Or I'll scroll on social media. That's also safe. Taking in other people's content, so much easier than producing our own. Uh, it feels less worrisome and easier than facing the music and hitting send or post. So if this is your style, the other way maybe you watch it show up is that you delay by asking all the what if questions as you worry about. What if scenarios. You're you're painting all those in your mind while you're just, meanwhile, not actually even getting started. Well, if I do that, this could happen. If I say that, it might end up being this. Better to stay safe, stay, stay home, safe than sorry, right? So here are some tips for uh, those with an, an avoidant procrastination style. Like the perfectionist, I would highly encourage you to give yourself some time blocks and stick to them. Get a positive pep talk friend, like somebody who can really talk over that inner voice, somebody who can kick you in the pants and give you a hug at the same time. Uh, I personally have a group of friends I can share these kinds of problems with, and they will give me exactly the encouragement and reassurance I need and say, come on, Emily, just 
do it. Just go for it. Also, I find that the most un- doing the most uncomfortable or challenging thing first tends to be key in overcoming this type of procrastination. Don't like doing social media? Do it first. Don't want to send that email? Do it first. Don't like writing your sales page? Start with that daunting task first. And of course, reward yourself with the fun stuff. When I clean my house, it's not a very easy task. It's very physically (laughs) taxing. So when I'm done, I'm kidding, it's not that hard, but it is hard. Um, When I'm done, I reward myself by giving myself, this this is funny, but it's actually what works for me. I give myself 10 minutes to lay on the floor and do nothing. I could use that time to scroll my phone. I could just lay there and stare at the ceiling. I do nothing. And I get the cleaning also done as early as possible in my day to make sure that I have enough energy to tackle it. And I also don't want to be putting it off. And I know myself and I will. The other reward, and this is just like big picture, but the other reward is when I wake up on Sunday morning, it is glorious because it is done and it is behind me and is not looming over me like it was on Saturday morning when I woke up. So doing the hard tasks first really can give you that sense of accomplishment, build momentum for a continuously productive day, week, you name it, week ahead. Um, All right, number four. I think we're on number four. We are. Wow, so good. Okay, uh, the crisis maker. This is perhaps the one I think I relate to the least because as I shared, I don't like when deadlines get too close. They make me physically sick. Um, But I did have a client do this recently on a website I was writing. She got so uncomfortably close to her deadline with the website designer that I, Emily, was in full-on crisis mode. So there are folks out there, and maybe it's you, who claim that you work best under pressure. Your creative ideas come in that 11th hour, right? You love living on the edge and that adrenaline rush when a deadline is just too close for comfort. So you wait until last minute. Sometimes you do pull it off, maybe more times than not. But it's often with a little more anxiety than needs to be. And in some cases, you're also inflicting that on other people. It may sacrifice quality. Mistakes and mishaps can be made. It's not complete or as promised. I had a subcontractor do this to me. They were working on something related to my website and the final delivery was just under the wire. I'm talking like mm, probably actually over deadline technically, but it was completely not done and it was maddening. Like they just left me to clean up kind of the mess. And I also watch people do this where they sacrifice sleep or time with their family or they have to cancel other commitments because they procrastinated, made a crisis of it, and now it's about to be too late. Couple ideas and tips for you. Once again, break those bigger things down into smaller chunks and don't wait until the last minute to try to tackle the entire thing at once. Set realistic and reasonable deadlines for the person that you're giving it to in the first place. And if you need to, buffer in a little bit of time. So give them a deadline and buffer in time that you know you're actually going to get that thing done. It can be really helpful for this type of person to have an accountability buddy to hold that time that you've set for them. Um, 
I would also encourage you to get very deep and honest with yourself and ask why you do this and if the costs are affecting you and if the costs are affecting other people around you. Like, do you really work better under pressure? I mean, I can see how some of you might say that that's true, but I don't know. For me, that is not the best recipe for consistency, but also my best quality of work personally. Um, and for this this type of procrastination, I also think that there are a lot of techniques that the other types we talked about can use that will also help you as well. So time blocks, uh, things like that. Okay, ready for the rebel without a cause? Ooh, me too. This is so fun. I always love a good rebel. Well, this rebel, they might actually have a cause, but um, here are some here are some ways you know you might be a rebel or like a little bit of a defier when it comes to procrastination. If someone expects you to do something or needs you to do something, nah, you're going to procrastinate simply because they told you to. Uh, you will resist taking action on things that come with rules, frameworks, systems, societal norms. No, thank you. Uh, You will love autonomy and independence as it relates to your schedule, as it relates to deadlines, and as it relates to time. And if you feel that those are infringed in any way, you may just kind of rebel. Uh, You may actually vocally express your unenjoyment of the task. And you may also express your unenjoyment of the task by delaying or procrastinating. I'm thinking of like when you tell your kids to clean, to go clean their room, they are going to openly express their unenjoyment of the task by either vocalizing it or simply delaying and procrastinating. You also may be the person who questions a lot if you don't feel like something is important or worth your time, or maybe a timeline isn't important. You're pushing, pushing, pushing someone to get rid of the timeline involved. You might think tasks are silly, dumb, unworthy use of your time. And so, you will rebel by procrastinating. Some of us even rebel against ourselves. We're like our own worst procrastination enemy. We might promise ourselves we're going to do something or commit to doing something or change a habit, do something by a certain time, and then we rebel against the promises we made to ourselves. I think it's really important to start asking yourself why you are feeling defiant. Is it a values misalignment? Is it just not in your wheelhouse or your scope of work? Is it completely uninteresting or inspiring to you? Is it not even something you actually even really want? And I think that this one has some serious why asking to do, especially for those who defy against themselves. (laughs) But why do you want to defy? I mean, it could also be just a thought, could also be a story that you tell yourself. Oh, well, I always do X, Y, Z. Or here's one. Everything I commit to on January 1st, I end up right back where I started. I'm sure I'll just end up right back where I'm started. Like, is that a broken story that you might be telling yourself about you? the fact that you're not going to follow through on your word? Um, a tip is also to find a accountability part- partner that you deeply trust and respect. Somebody who can call you out when you're trying to get out of it. It's really important to get clear internally on the tasks that you're doing and why they matter if this is your procrastination style because you're going to have a hard time 
overcoming this without having a really solid why this is important. Um, the other thing I like uh, with this type is to give yourself something that you do have control over and autonomy over as as like kind of a reward. So if there is a deadline attached to something, you're feeling a little controlled and a little less than independent, give yourself things, give yourself something to look forward to that you do have full control over, that you do have autonomy over. I know that this is going to sound a little weird. So I'll give you an example. Sometimes after I'm working on a client project, uh, not that not that I feel uh, controlled in any way, but sometimes I'm if I'm working on something for somebody else, and so you know it feels like I don't have as much control over that thing. I reward myself with my own projects or my own content because it feels a little bit more autonomous and a little bit more independent, with if you will. And plus, it's really, really fun. I mean, not that working for my clients is not fun. It, it most of the time is. <laughs> but I do have a, a blast creating my own stuff. Okay, so let's not uh, let's not waste any time. Let's get on to this last one, the busy bee procrastination style. Okay, this is fun. This is a fun one. This kind of procrastination sees all the things, all the tasks as equal in priority. And they can put off the urgent or important ones in lieu of something else. Sometimes this is a result of having too many tasks on your plate in the first place or too many things uh, and you didn't whittle those down to what was important. You didn't delegate those things in any way. Sometimes you will have a giant list and you can't even prioritize enough C-straight to figure out what should come first, what steps come first in the sequence. And sometimes this is a person who is busy ping-ponging, responding to everyone and everything around them, and therefore nothing actually gets done because in a nutshell, you're too busy. Maybe you say yes a little bit more than you can reasonably handle at a given time. And you might be a little bit of a people pleaser, right? You might have trouble delegating to other people It keeps you trapped in this endless cycle of too little time, too little energy, and too many tasks. So my favorite tip for this, and I I see this procrastination style a lot. My favorite tip for this is to start with a brain dump. I love brain dumps. I even love the term brain dump because some people don't, and I find it so funny. Getting everything, what is a brain dump? A brain dump is getting everything that overwhelms you from inside your head onto a page. It does not need to be fancy, does not need to be organized. This is just like step one. This is just step one. And basically you just dump everything onto a page. Then you don't leave it there. You can't just leave it all swirling around and treat it as equal. You categorize it, delegate it, Give individual items on that list a actual spot on your calendar. Uh, Put it in your calendar if you have a digital calendar and that's how you like to work. Put it in your planner. Add it to your daily to-do list. Like you want to move things from that brain dump to actual tasks that you can do. This helps you put priority to things that are priority work on the things that matter most and saves you a lot of time during a day, you know, uh, bobbing around for apples, if you will, with your tasks. Some people can push urgency on us and that can make us feel like we don't have any say in what is priority and what is not priority. Um, 
I would encourage you to look at whether or not those things that they are pushing on you to be handled now are truly urgent because oftentimes they're not and you get to have control of your boundaries and your time boundaries and you can always reply with, I will make sure I do that next time I sit down on your project or I will reply thoroughly in an hour. One of the ways I do this is because I can actually, my clients are not doing this to me, but I can feel this way inside. When they start to give me tweaks or revisions, I feel this pressure like I need to handle these now. So I always tell people right up front, like when I see your tweaks come in, your revisions come in, I star it, I put it in your folder, and I handle it during a time block I've already set aside for you. So I'm not in there while you're in there like going back and forth with your Google Docs. I, I want to make sure that I sit down and work on it at the time that I'm working on it. If they have a question, I email them back by the end of the day, right? So setting boundaries around our time can really help save us from feeling this urgency and also from just jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, but yet getting really nothing done because that, that is a big result of the busy bee procrastination style is very little actually gets done and very little productivity actually happens. You're just very busy. So, all right, to wrap up the six styles we covered today are the detailed perfectionist, the dream chaser, the chronic avoider, the crisis maker, the rebel without a cause, and the busy bee. And of course, I gave you a couple tips for each, but I think that a lot of the tips apply to a lot of the different types, depending on what you're facing and when. Um, I would love to hear from you, and I would love to know which one you think you are most, how it maybe relates to slowing you down or stopping you entirely in your business, marketing, content, I don't know, your life. You can get personal with me, it's okay. And if you need help getting out of your own way when it comes to procrastination. I would love to have a strategy session with you. That is where I can help to hash out some of the things that are getting in your way, uh, figure out what's working, figure out what's not working, and keep you going and on track with being consistent. So the link to that strategy session with me is in the show notes as always. And next week, we're gonna talk about how you... Uh, set the temperature and the tempo. And we're going to talk about what that means and uh, how you really go about doing that and how it can impact your marketing and your visibility. So I will chat with you then. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Content with Character. If you loved the episode, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, and share it with someone else you know it could help. For more content and visibility tips, visit my blog at emilyaborn.com. And be sure to connect with me on Instagram at emilyaborn. I'd love to hear how this inspired you to take action.